Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Oh, I'm so excited about today's message. On last Sunday, I was the guest speaker at World Overcomers Ministries Church in Madison, Mississippi, where the pastor there is Leon Armstrong. We had a dynamic time. And I want you to hear this message. I believe it's going to really bless your heart. Now, if I were to ask you the question, who are you? How would you respond to that? Take a moment and think about it. How would you respond if someone were to ask you, who are you? Well, I think after today's message, you'll have a different answer. I believe you're really going to be blessed. All right, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. You're going to hear a whole lot more there, so check us out. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message that asks the question, who are you? right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. So without any further ado, I'm just going to clear the way and sit down and just allow my friend and brother, Pastor Mark A. Stroud, to come to the podium. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all the adoration, all the exhortation. We love you this morning, Lord Jesus. We love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. And truly, it is an honor to be here with you today. Your pastor is a mighty man of God. You know that. I don't know anyone else that has a... That, that is so skilled with the word of life other than your pastor. I call him my, this is that man. <laughs> if I need to know what something is in the scripture or something I'm going through, something I'm facing, you know that man can just open the word and say, bang, this is that, this is that right there. <laughs> this is what you are experiencing right there. That's what, the, you're my, this is that man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I just appreciate his ministry so much, and I appreciate all of you uh, being with us here today. I appreciate my loving wife journeying with me up the road, my partner, my armor bearer, my companion, my support, my sweetie. Um, I, too, I, too, enjoy the ministry of, um, of your wonderful church uh, whenever I can online and download got me some armstrong on my telephone as many of you should have praise the lord yeah so i just i definitely just want to sing the praises of what the lord is doing for you in this place uh it's a lot brighter i noticed as we we're pulling up it's a lot brighter the property is so much brighter having the mantle of world overcomers on it now so much brighter so much brighter so i just want to just just thank the lord jesus for all of you um, well, I believe the Lord gave me a word to give you today. I believe that it did with all my heart. Um, I've enjoyed my time here in your fair city, but I know it wasn't just for me to have a stay in a nice hotel. <laughs> I believe that if we can come together in agreement, that God can give us a word. And that when it's all said and done, when it's all over, we'll be so glad that we came today even more so. Can you free us to minister and worship today? Can we all be free to worship and minister today? Oh, praise God. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this opportunity that you've given us all to gather in your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you and we acknowledge your presence. Thank you for the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Thank you for rest and for peace. That there are no strangers in this house. But we're all of one family in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that this is the house of God. This is the house of the Lord. 
the gate of heaven as Jacob declared as angels ascend and descend in this place thank you for the presence of your holy angels of your elect angels that are here right now who are here to minister to the heirs of salvation thank you Lord for your rich presence and thank you for what you're about to do may we give you praise today in Jesus mighty name let every heart say amen Good. we'll give your neighbor a high five and tell him it's I'm so glad to see you in the house of God today I'm so glad to see you in the house of God today it's all and tell him it's all about Jesus it's all about Jesus it really is it's all about him Today I want to ask you a question, and uh, we'll see this further in the Word of God today. What is man? What is man? And that question has to do a lot with identity, with identity. And in our world system today, we are sold a bill of lies every day. We are told that your identity centers around your job, centers around your, your, um, your education, it centers around your income, it centers around how you look or how you dress or what type of family you are from or what type of, or what side of town you live on. In order for you to have the right identity, you've got to have a certain thing, certain amount of things in place. You even have to have a certain body shape and the body, certain body style. Hollywood is a master at putting before us false images of how we should look and how we should dress and how we should act. And the devil has become a master at making what is good look bad and what is bad look good. I gave this example before. If a young man were to go into his classroom, let's say he's a senior in high school. If a young man would say to his classmates, I'm a virgin and I'm saving myself for marriage. It's the way that God says, and I will honor him. Do you think his classmates in his day and time would celebrate him for saying that? Or would they try to punish him with accusations and ridicule him and say all manner of evil against him? He is doing a good thing, a God thing, but that good thing has been turned around by the society and is called bad. But on the other side of the classroom, you have another man, another young man, another 16, 17 year old man who says, hey, I've been with 30 girls by now. And then all of a sudden he has the attention of all the other young men who tell us how. I know all the things how to pick up girls. I know how to do this. Ooh, tell us how. Tell us all about it. The bad thing has the attention. The bad thing is celebrated. So let's celebrate his fornication. Let's celebrate his ungodly lifestyle. Let's celebrate it. But the good, let's ridicule and cast down. And this is happening in our society today where good has become bad and bad has become so good. We have an identity problem in our culture today and many of us that call ourselves Christians are hanging our heads down, not realizing who or what we really are. If you understand who you really are, understand your full identity in Christ, have a better view of yourself, then I tell you, you will walk a lot differently. You will pray a lot differently. You'll stand up to the temptations or trials of life, to the accusations of the enemy. You stand toe to toe and say, bring it on, baby, let's rumble. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. When you understand that you are the victor and not the victim. Please tell your neighbor that. Tell him you are the victor and not the victim. What is man? 
what is man? The Lord gave me a simple poem. I'm going to read it before you and then we're going to go straight forward and go right into the word of God. Let me tell you this. As I ask the Lord, what is man? Or should I say as well, let's make it more direct. Who are you? Who are you? Let me tell you, you were designed for destiny. You were created to conquer. You were raised to rule. Who are you? You were developed to demonstrate the power of the presence of the Prince of Peace. Who are you? You were made to march upon the hounds of hell, causing them to submit to the sovereignty of the superiority of the Savior. There is the blood of the boundless. The blood of the boundless flows through your veins. And through the wisdom of he that is infinity, your life will never be the same. Who are you? You are a Christ glorifier, a devil chaser, a praise raiser, and a life saver. You are the wealthy warrior sent from, sent from God to wrangle the wicked and to free the fearful from the revolting rule of the ruthless. Christ is in you, and this is the hope of glory. And through your lips, the world will know his redemptive story. So rise up among your generation. Preach that Christ has removed death's sting. For I tell you before it's all over, your enemies will bow and declare that Jesus Christ is the true king. Let's give God a hand of praise, would you? Yeah. Who are you? Let's go to the book of Job. We'll start there. Then we'll move on down, but I just want to be led this morning. I don't, it is not my plan to be before you long, but it is my plan just to do all that the Spirit of God has designed for me to do in this hour. The book of Job, Job the seventh chapter. We'll start here today, Job 7. And if it be the will of, if it be the will of the Lord, I do want to bring to you a number of scriptures today. Some we will, I'll ask you just to write down and I'll just read and you get them further in your own personal Bible, your own personal Bible time, your own personal study and devotion time. Job 7, two verses here, we'll start here. Job 7 verses 17 and 18, it says this. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him? Reading out the King James Version. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him? And that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning, and try him every moment. The word magnify here means to promote, to make powerful. He says, what is man that thou shouldest, that you, Father, should magnify him, that you should promote him, that you should make him powerful, more powerful. Powerful, what is man? Who are you that God would magnify you? Let's bring this down to our level today because I really need you to get this and catch a hold of this. When we say God, understand we're speaking of a being that of course is not, God is not powerful, he is power. He is power. He does not possess love. He is love. Are you understanding? When I was walking one night and I was in, in my backyard and it was, it was, like I said, it was at night and, and I was prompted just to look up in the sky and it was a very starry night. And the notion hit me just for that moment that I was looking at God's pupil. He seemed to be that night so huge. 
And if we could, if God would allow us to, to rise above the universe, to, to rise above all that he has made, if we could see it all down before us in a glance from the beginning of the universe, beginning of the creation of God to the end of it, to all the planets and all the stars, all the systems, we would see God being over it, stretched from one end to the next. He is huge. We cannot fathom God. He is huge. And for that being to allow himself, to allow us to call him father is mind boggling. For him to say, uh, Job asked the question, that thou shouldest magnify him. Why would you make me more powerful? What is man? Who am I? Ask that question, who am I, Lord? Who am I? In Psalm 144, it says this, Psalm 144, verses 3 and 4. We'll stop here for a second. Psalm, 40, Psalm 144, verses 3 and 4, this is what it says. Lord, I'll give you a second. But again, in, in Job 7, it says, uh, What is man that thou shouldest magnify him? And that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him. Your heart is with me, God? And that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every moment. Psalm 144, verses 3 and 4 now says this. Lord, what is man? Once again, the question is asked. That thou shouldest, rather that thou uh, takest knowledge or that you should know me that you should know him or take a knowledge of him or the son of man that thou makest account of him or that you're thinking about me. Who am I that you would know me and that you would think about me? Man is like a, a vanity, is like, rather is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passes away. I like the way the New Living Translation um, declares that same verse, uh, Psalm 144, verse 3. It says this, O Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mere mortals that you should think about them. Go to Psalm 8, Psalm 8. Verses three through six. The question is asked, this is woven through scripture. What is man? Who are you? Who are you that God would think about you? Think about all the planets that there are, all the systems. What is it that he would think about you? What is it that you would be on his mind, that you would be in, in his heart? What is it about you that is so special, that is so spectacular that God would choose to magnify you, that he would choose to make you more powerful, that he would choose to exalt you? What is it about you? What is it about you? Think about this for a moment. Psalm, Psalm 8 verses 3 through 6 says this, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What? What is, a, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. Look at verse 5. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now look at this for a second. We're going to put the car in park right here again. Are y'all stay with me today? Amen. It says, what is man? Verse number five. Let's go back. Verse five. For thou hast made him. Say, he has made me. He has made me. The Bible says here in King James, a little lower than the angels. Now the word angels here in the Hebrew is Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim means ruler. It means judge. It means divine ones. It means angel, but it also means God. And we're going to see through the scriptures, scriptures today that you and I were actually made a little lower than God. 
Now the fallen state of man, the fallen state, the, the, the marred image of man is lower than the angels, but you now being born of God, Christ has redeemed that and has given you the correct image now and you are made a little lower than God. Scripture says here again, uh, we were made a little lower than the angels were. Well, if that was the correct interpretation, then, then the Bible would contradict itself because the scripture says again that we would judge angels. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 3 says, don't you know that you will judge the angels? And a greater uh, cannot judge a lesser. If angels are higher than me, I cannot judge them. But we were not created, we are not lower than the angels, the angels are actually lower to us. And by that same token, if angels were higher, then how can they serve me? I am an heir of salvation, you are heirs of salvation, and the angels were sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. So how can a greater serve a lesser? No, man was made a little lower than God. And I tell you the word, the word that really sort of scares me, that word little, little. It doesn't say we were made a lot lower than God or, you know, miles lower than God. It said a little lower than God. Think about that for a moment. Say with me, I was made a little lower than God. Think about that for a second. That'd make your chest puff out a little bit. He says, but he was made a little lower than angels here in the King James, but angels here again is the word Elohim, and Elohim is also interpreted God. We were made a little lower than God and has crowned him, say he has crowned me with glory and honor. Now listen to verse six. This really just, this really just rocks your world. Listen to verse six. And it says, verse six says, thou madest him, say, say, Father, you made me to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Think about that for a moment. Over the works of his hands, God said, I've given you the ability, I've given you the authority to have control, rule, or governorship over everything that I have made. Don't you understand that angels are also created beings? So again, for this word to be correct, if, if, I, if I was made lower than angels, then how could I have control or, or rule or governorship over someone that is higher than I? No. It is man that was created a little lower than God. Then God said, God the Father said, I will give you authority, dominion over the works of my hand. You were created to rule, created to govern. We're, we're more than just little dots passing by, passing through time, this time stream. God created you for an eternal purpose. Your eternal purpose, it starts here, but this is not it. We get the training here for our eternal assignment. As we look forward into eternity, you'll be doing things with the Father that you never dreamed of right now. Who are you? You were made a little lower than, than God. And God crowns you with glory and honor and hath given you dominion over the works of his hands. Now understand something, this is one reason why no Christian should ever be afraid of the devil. Why? Because the devil was also a created being. Once known Lucifer, of course, who turned on God, but he was also created. And God has given you dominion. Why would you be afraid of any demon? Why would you be afraid of any sickness or disease? Why would you be afraid of that? Because God said, I have crowned you with glory and honor. And I've given you dominion over the works of my hands. Isn't that something? Y'all sit with me today? He said, and thou hast uh, put all things under his feet. Now we know that we are, we are in Christ. And Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. And everything is under Christ's feet. So that must mean that they're also under our feet. Amen. Oh, you're hearing me. Let's go to another. Let's go to, let's go to Psalm 82. Psalm 82. Who are 
you? What has God invested in you? It's kind of like the, 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 the movie Transformers, more than meets the eye. There's something great, there's something powerful that's on the inside of you. And this is the thing that the devil does not want us to come to the knowledge of. He does not want you to realize who you really are and what you really possess. As long as he can continue to put these false images before your face. You're nothing. You, you, this, this is where you're born. And this and that happened to you. Or I, this one thing that he really gets people with. You are your sin. And because you have sinned, God no longer likes you. He no longer wants you. He wants to turn you to the sin, but that is what you have done, but that is not who you are. Pharmaceutical companies have become masters as well, telling you uh, on commercials, yes, this is my uh, disease, and this is my, my. I'm not claiming that. That is not mine. That's not mine. But they're masters at trying to manipulate people to claim it, take ownership of it. But that's not mine and it's not yours. As a matter of fact, if you as a member of the body of Christ take hold of that, you've actually stolen something. Because that's not yours, that belongs to the devil. You've taken it out of his kingdom and brought it into your life. You brought hell home with you. Something that you were never meant to have. I wonder are we sitting around thieves and robbers right now? If it's not found in heaven, it should not be found in our lives. Let's go again to Psalm 82. Psalm 82, let's look at verses one through eight. I love this again. Who are you? Ask your neighbor, who are you? Psalm 82. Verse number one, it says this, God standeth in the council of the might of the rather in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the who? Gods, he judges among the gods. Notice how it starts with the very first word is a capital G, God, the sovereign ruler of everything, the maker of all things, capital G. God stands, standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the little G's. I think that was a rap song or something. Little G. He judges among the little G, the little gods, or he judges among the gods with the little G. Verse number two, it says, how long will ye judge unjudgedly and accept the persons of the wicked? He's not talking about himself. He's talking about the little G's because God's judgment is always just and he does not accept the persons of the wicked. Selah, verse three, defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. Again, this is not talking about God, but this is talking about the little G's. Are you hearing? They walk on in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are out of course. Verse six, I have said ye are what? Ye are gods. And all of, and you are gods, and all of you are children of who? The The Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. So the little G here is not talking about idols. It's not talking about demonic spirits taking possession in the heavenly realms. This is talking about humanity. Let's go and take a, a, a trip for a moment to biology class. Anybody ever been to biology class or seen it on TV? <laughs> we have, okay. Dogs begat. Dogs, Dogs cats begat. Cats. Giraffes begat. Giraffes. Uh, sharks begat. 
Let's talk about it in the um, plant kingdom. Apple trees begat. Orange trees begat. So why wouldn't God begat little gods? We also call them sons of God. You walk as gods among men. Not those who are worthy of worship. No. Worship only belongs to the big G. The big G. In the ancient world, the Greek, the Grecians, they they had, um, they called them, you know, demigods. Zeus had a son. He slept with this person, that person. And we've seen the movie Perseus and the Light, Lightning Thief or something like that and all those things. A, anybody seen those movies before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, these were the sons and daughters of the gods that had special powers and abilities. The enemy is a master at counterfeiting what God has done. You are actually gods among men. Created in his image after his likeness. Let's go there. Let's go to Genesis. How about that? Let's go to Genesis 1, verse 26. Are we still doing good? Say, man, that's a, you far, you far out there. I'm just reading the same book you got in your lap. Just the same book. The more we identify with who we are in Christ, where we sit, who we are in him, the more we say yes and amen to that, we'll take on his persona, we'll take on his image, we'll walk like Christ, we'll look like Christ. Remember Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also because I go unto my Father. He wants us to look like him and act like him and do the works that he did. Remember, Philip said to the Lord, uh, uh, Master, Lord, show us the Father that it suffices us. And And Jesus said to him, Philip, have you been so long with me? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. By the same token, it should be if you see Christ, you see the Father. And if you see the Lord's church, you see him. If you see Jesus, you should see rather people, the world sees this church. The church should look like Jesus. Jesus already looks like the father. Does that make sense? Let's go a little bit further. Genesis 1 verses 26 through 28. This is what God said in the very beginning. And God said, this is Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our what? Image. And after our what? Likeness and let them have what dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his what own image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them and God said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth moveth upon the earth and let me tell you something about this thing called man think about it for a moment The war in heaven had to have taken place before, oh, that is the fall of the archangel Lucifer, had to have taken place, and a third of the angels had to have taken place before Adam was placed on the planet, before Adam, mankind, was on the planet. Because he was there, and then a little bit later, here comes the enemy, He influenced the snake and the snake came up to them and started talking to him. The enemy had some type of power or control before man was placed on the planet. Now we do know that man, I believe, is older than the angels because the Bible declares that before uh, before the creation of anything, before the creation of the world, the lamb was slain. 
creation of the world, cosmos, universe, everything that there is, the lamb was slain. Jesus said, I've got to make this. But if I'm going to make man, the father said, if I'm going to make man, if I'm going to make little gods, if I'm going to make them to rule and have authority over the works of all of the works of my hands, if I'm going to do that, I know that the other beings I create, the angels, someone is going to get upset about it. And so the lamb was the lamb being slain means that you and I were on his mind. We existed in God. We existed in him. So the father came to that decision. Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Then something happened. War in heaven happened and all that happened. And so now here is Adam comes upon the planet. Here's one man that God has given the authority. He told him to dominate, to rule, subdue. One man. Does he have enemies? Sure he does. He has Lucifer and the company of one third of an innumerable amount of, of fallen angels. One man on the planet against the devil and in an uncountable number of fallen angels. But God still tells that one man subdue, have dominion. What kind of power must be in that creation called man? What kind of authority? What is that? That he sends one man, one man against a number that cannot be counted and says, Adam, take it. Boom, boom. The devil knows he can't take it by force because Adam is too powerful. So he comes with lies and deceit. Because you can't take it from me. It's too powerful for that. How else can we get the dominion or control from Adam? Let's trick him. Because you can't go head to head, toe to toe with him. Because he's too powerful. And this man, Adam, this image, Adam, is here. All right, let's, let's look at this for a second before we begin to close out. It says here that Adam was formed. God said, let's make man in our own image. Image talks about uh, likeness. And I love this. It talks about resemblance. And hear me. Many commentators say that the word image here means an exact and complete copy or counterpart of anything. An exact or complete copy. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. This could also have implications of uh, some type of template, a divine template. God said, what I am, I will put into man. If he said, I will copy what I am, put that into man. Think about an image. Think about a, a painting, a painting here is here on this side, a, a nice painting. And for the artist to say, I'm going to copy this. And now there are two that look similar. There is the original and then, then there is the copy. There is the image. There is the likeness of the original. God said, now understand something. So you and I look like the infinite, the all powerful. Now he's not talking about us physically, but he's talking about the real us, the spirit of man. When the enemy looks at you, born again believer, he looks on the inside of you, who you really are. He sees God. He sees the one that cast him down. He sees the one that made a hell for him. He sees the Lord and he sees the one who has defeated him. And his soul is hoping that you never come to that conclusion. Because if you do come to that conclusion, then he knows his time is up and that he'll have to get out of here. If you ever come to the conclusion of who you really are, you'll stand up, boom, boom. The atmosphere will change when you step into the room. Sickness and disease will, will have to back away. Demons will scream in fear. Ah! Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
and I believe that there is some sort of reverly, reverly sound in, in hell. The, 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 the most terrifying screeches in hell will be heard when they say, oh my God, she's up again. He's up again. And you get down on your knees and you call upon the great God Jehovah and you call upon the wonderful name of Jesus. Wow. You have the ability to conversate, to have a conversation with the one who made everything. But here's the counterfeit from the devil. He'll say, and we'll, we'll repeat this in church. Well, all we can do is pray about it now. What? All we can do now is just pray. When the scripture says emphatically, it is the prayers of the righteous man that availeth much. We can touch him. We have a connection with the divine. We can touch him and bring him into this situation. And all we can do now is just pray. You don't know who you're standing in front of. Are you hearing? Ask your neighbor, who are you? Who are you? In the Old Testament, the Lord talks about, especially there in the book of Exodus, Exodus, the 20th chapter, he tells them in the Ten Commandments, don't make any graven images or any likenesses of anything. They understood what that means because to make an image or to make a likeness of, of anything that flies, anything like that, that would mean that they would take, they would look at a bird and they would try their best to form maybe this golden something, form it to look like that bird. And they would put that inside their home or inside some sort of temple or maybe even a golden calf. They looked at the cow and they made one that looked just like it as best that they could. And that would mean that they're bringing the personality of that thing, they're bringing something that they hope is divine, bringing that power and the authority and likeness here in the earth that this golden calf will now be a representation of the divine. God says, don't make any images, don't make any likenesses. And they understood that then. But for some reason, it gets lost with us because God said, I'll make you to be my image and my likeness. So you are a representation of the one who made everything. You are a representation of power, pure, unadulterated power. And listen, it is a wonder to me. It blows my mind why every time you sneeze, there's not a hurricane. It is a wonder to me that how the earth is able to stay together and not crack every time you step on the ground. Because here is God in man that is shaking the entire planet. But who we, here we are, oh, the devil's in my house, oh, the devil's in my car, oh, the devil's at me. Slap, what do you, don't you understand who you are? And the devil wants to keep this, this false perception in front of us, this false perception. So you see all these horror movies, everybody's running from the demon, everybody's running from the demon. Say, oh, no, 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 who are you? I'm a Christian. I'm a God man. Where is it? Are you feeling what I'm saying to you? So there's a false perception of the enemies placing within the halls of the church. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And we've done a small series in my closing that many people are identifying themselves as Christian butts. Yeah, they identify themselves as a Christian butt. They say, I'm a Christian but. But I still like to have a, a sip or two. I still get drunk on the weekends. I'm a Christian, but I still like to have my fun over here too. I like to have me some men's. I like to have me some women's. I, I'm a Christian too. I'm a Christian, but. And so there's a growing population of what's called Christian butts. And there was a video, sort of a famous video now that says, I'm a, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't follow Christ. How can you do such? 
But Jesus told us that in the last days there will be some that will have a form of godliness. But deny the power thereof. But when you as the sons of God, you as the offsprings of God, you as children of the most high God, when you stand up in your rights and privileges and when you begin to realize I am not the victim, I am victorious in Christ Jesus. When you begin to realize the greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world, that I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I have the anointing and power of God on the inside of me when I lay hands on the sick they will recover I will cast out devils and demons I will open up the blind eyes the dead will be raised why because now the image of God has been restored to the born again believer through Christ Jesus he said all things are passed away when Adam fell, Adam and Eve fell, it marred the image of God. And all that was left was something that looked like it could have been something like God. But in the fullness of time, the Bible declares that the last Adam came. Jesus Christ restored the image. Now says, to those who would believe in him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now the Lord said, I will restore the image of my father. And now all those that believe in me will walk like me, talk like me, have authority like me. All those that believe in me will have the authority and power and right. All those will rule with me. As a matter of fact, Father, the glory that I had with you, I give to them, the Lord Jesus said. You have the glory of the Lord. And I love the way the Lord Jesus prayed. He said, Father, I in thee and thou in me and, and I in them and them in me that we be one. What? You are in Christ? And Christ is in you? What? And we still... I can't pay my bills. I can't pay my light. I'm, I'm suffering with depression. Nobody likes me. I can't find a job. What? When we begin to understand and accept, you see, when we accept the enemy's lies, we take on that personality. When you accept that you'll never be anything, you're never going where you never have anything, you begin to walk like it. You begin to sound like it. It begins to come out of your continents. I mean, people look at you and say, something wrong with you? Are you all right, baby? Are you all right? You can't run from it. it it's on you. But by the same token, when we begin to believe who we are in him, all that other stuff fades away. And hope comes forth. And the godless look at you and see hope. Oh, I'm so glad you came into work today. Can I, just, can I just get a hug? Can I just hold you? Can I just, oh, I feel something when you come close. I feel something when you're in the room. I feel it. I feel it. I don't know what it is, but there's something about you. What is it about you that when you come, things begin to change? What it is? What is it? What is it about you? Can you tell me about your God? Can you tell me what is it about you? When we begin to believe, we begin to confess who we are in him. The spirit of God backs it up and I'm telling you, great things begin to happen. And let me end with this. Of course, there's so very much more. Oh, why not? Ephesians 3, let's go here. Ephesians 3. As you get into Ephesians 3, let me tell you this. In the Great Commission, one of the things the Lord tells the disciples. 
And, and as he's sending out the 70, he, at one point, he told them to go forth and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Say with me, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. We have believed a lie about that scripture. We have thought, now it's not a bad thing, but we have thought that the Lord meant for us, he meant for us to pray for the sick and comfort the families that are dead, of the families that, comfort the families of those that have died and pray that demons be cast out. If you look at those words, heal, raise and cast out. If you look at those in the Greek, you find something very startling because what it actually is written in the, it's actually uh, written in the voice and the mood. The mood is imperative, meaning that it is a command. The mood is imperative command, but the voice is active. Active meaning, you know, give an example, the boy hit the ball. That is the subject is the one that's doing the action. The boy hit the ball. The boy is the subject. The boy is active. So in the context, this meaning it's not saying so much pray for the sick, pray for the sick, although it's not nothing wrong with that. But it is a subject that is doing the action. That is when he says heal the sick, he's saying that there is his power within you to do that. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. You cast out devils or demons. You cast them out. Meaning the power, the authority, the, the dominion is already in you. Amen. Ephesians 3, let's close out here. Ephesians 3, verse number 19. It says, and to know the love of Christ, just getting right to it, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with what? Again, we run over that, don't we? That you might be, as a possibility, that you might be filled with all. What does the word all mean to us? All the fullness of God? What is man that God would, what is this creation that he would want to place his fullness, all of his fullness into you? Who are you? He said that, that we be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in heaven in other people in the neighbor down the street where does the power work make it more direct where does the power work in me the power of God works in you it works in me. This is why he said, go heal the sick. An imperative, a command telling you, go heal the sick. What, what Lord? Go heal, go raise the dead. Go cast out. He's giving you official kingly authority. How can we hold our heads down when there's so much more? This is why scripture says, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Sometimes we can all get down, but we don't stay down. Because that is not who you are. So I'll ask the question again as we close, who are you? Who are you? Meditate on these words because this is what God wants you to know. This is who you really are. Now, I love that movie Matrix. The first one. I don't know about the other two. 
I love that scene. I think we can close out with that one. I love that scene when, you know, when, when the ship, the, I forgot the name of the Nebuchadnezzar was, was under attack by these sentinels and they were, bzz, bzz, you know, they were trying to destroy the ship, but, but Neo was still in the, the, um, the matrix. And Neo, you got to get back here before it, before it closes out and all that stuff. Morpheus said, why isn't he coming back? Why, is he, why isn't he not running from the agents? Why isn't he not running from the demons? Why isn't he not running? He's beginning to believe. He's beginning to believe. What? Why isn't he, why isn't he running? We, we showed him a, a low bank account. Why isn't he in depression? He's beginning to believe. She has another migraine now. Her leg, we went through all the trouble about giving her that, that false doctor report. Why isn't she in depression? She's beginning to believe. They're beginning to believe. Oh my goodness. And the things that ran you, you will begin to run it. Beginning to believe and walk in authority. Boom, boom. Gone are the days, hear me, gone are the days of the superstar preacher. Now God is raising up his entire body. He's raising up his body and his body has power. And you're gonna see sons of God, little G's, emptying out the hospitals, little G's, raising up people from the dead, interrupting funeral processions, picking up the child, here mama, here's your baby back. Wow, sons of God, with power and great authority, hallelujah, emptying out insane asylums, they're crazy, schizophrenic, no, in the name of Jesus, come out. Woo. Right mind. Is this a myth? Is this a fairy tale? Or can the words of the Bible actually be true? It's true. And there's more to you than meets the eye. Let's give God a hand to praise. We're done right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, sons of God. Hallelujah. Come on, children of the most high God. Give your father praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. You walk in authority and power. You begin to realize that you hold more authority in your pinky than the devil does in his whole kingdom. Queen Latifah had a song some time ago. She said, I got the power. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Today you just ate your spinach, just like Popeye. How you're feeling now, you just digested that word. You become a devil chaser now. What? 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 Time to open up a can of Holy Ghost on the enemy. What? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I must be, because you must be talking to me. Are you talking to me? You're going to run me out of my house? You're going to give me cancer? Are you talking? Are you doing this to me? No, it can't be. No. You talking to me? Don't you know who I am? You've got to say that. Say, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I possess? 
More importantly, don't you know who my father is? Sons and daughters of God. I need to connect with you. I need to connect with you. I believe the anointing of that word is here. You've already received it in the spirit. You've already received it. And I believe that there's an impartation that goes along with that. All I want to do, if you want me to, all I want to do is just lay my hands upon you. And if the Lord would say something great, if he, if he does not great as well in Jesus' mighty name. But there is a thing that I need to call you into destiny. Your man of God's been preaching this. He's been preaching this. He's been declaring this. And this word has come today as a divine echo. Because you were designed for destiny, you were created to conquer. Yeah, you were raised to rule. You have a divine purpose. So I want you to examine yourself right now and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do I need to be at the altar right now? Then if that's you, then just let him pull you down here to the altar in Jesus' mighty name. And I believe that there's an anointing for you here at the altar if he calls you down here. I believe that there's a connection that needs to be made if he calls you here. If he's not calling you here, then, then it's meant for you to stay where you are and pray for those that are here. Then on the next time, when you're here, others will be back there praying for you. I don't know what you'll have to go through this week or what will, what's about to happen or what has happened. But if God is summoning you, you feel him in your heart. The spirit of God pulling you, calling you, summoning you, telling you, come, come, come. Then do not ignore his calling. Do not ignore his leading. Some say, well, what if, I, what if I don't come? Well, I've missed it. I look at it like this. It's kind of like waiting at the bus stop, waiting on the, waiting on the bus to come. You miss this bus, let it go by. You just have to sit and wait for the next one to come. When is the next one coming? I do not know. But God is faithful that another one will come. But what will you have to endure between the buses? If you had gotten on when you're supposed to have gotten on, some things would not have happened. They would have not have taken place. So I'll tell you again. If God wants you here, then you need to come. I'm not talking about church membership now. The man of God is here. He'll lead you in that. I'm talking about connecting now, connecting, connecting. If you feel the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit summoning you, calling you to come, then come in Jesus' mighty name. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, first of all, I take authority over all, over all the foul of the devil in Jesus' name that have come upon your people. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And I command every false image to fall. Every disease in these bodies, we command go in Jesus' name. We declare be healed in the name of Jesus. Sickness does not belong in the temple of God. How dare you sickness come upon the people of God. We declare every sickness be moved now in Jesus name. Oh yeah Lord. I come against the spirit of witchcraft. In the name of Jesus. The spirit of a soothsayer. Psychic connections. Palm readers. I declare right now. 
that that entanglement is broken in Jesus name generational curses broken in Jesus name For some of you, so I want you to stay in prayer. For some of you, some of you have had some type of connection with the occult. Maybe it wasn't recently, but something was connected. It could be to one or more, I do not know. Even with horoscopes and dream catchers, these things need to be Get him out your house immediately. It's not just decoration, but it's an advertisement that opens the door to something really bad, to the demonic. So say with me right now, before I begin to pray, I will come and connect with you. But just say with me right now, Father, I thank you for saving me. I confess my sin before you. And I ask you to forgive me now. To wash me with the precious blood of Jesus. I confess Jesus in my heart as my master, my Lord, my Savior my God and my King I am yours you are mine you are my God and I am your people fill me once again with your precious spirit Say, I renounce, I renounce. Any, satanic any satanic or demonic, or demonic. Contracts. contracts, I renounce them. Anything the enemy has in my life, I renounce it through my bloodline. I renounce it. I renounce it. I no longer belong to him. My children do not belong to him. My relationships do not belong to him. My family does not belong to him. My body does not belong to him. And I tell you, devil, get out in the name of Jesus. I resist poverty. I resist sickness. I resist it in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord. Now, Lord, let your glory descend upon your people. Lord God, let your glory descend upon your people. In the name of Jesus, let your glory descend upon your people. In the name of Jesus, let your glory come. Let your glory come. Let your glory come. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website, at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out, everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.